You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome back to Smart Sex, Smart Love with me, Dr. Joe Court. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboo and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. Today, I'm talking with infidelity and licensed marriage and family therapist and certified ASECT sex therapist, Rennell E. Nelson. Relationships are sometimes complicated and finding out your partner is cheating on you can be devastating. It can feel like the relationship is over and nothing can be done to save it. The truth is that current studies show that recovery from infidelity can happen successfully and your relationship will be better than ever on the other side. Rennell, who works in Arizona, is an infidelity intimacy recovery strategist. She assists committed individuals with reconnecting back to themselves, their life, and their relationships after betrayal. So how do you deal with and recover from infidelity? Let's find out. Welcome, Rennell. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so nice. I just feel like there's got to be more and more voices. Uh, you know, the main voice today in infidelity is Esther Perel. We all know her. The public knows her. But I mean, there's so many other. She's my role model. Oh, yeah. I know. I think she's all of our role model, you know. <laughs> but today it's your voice and you're going to be the role model to our listeners because it's such a it's such a uh, a different thing for every couple, for every individual. And um, so I'm glad to have you here. Thank you for having me and for shining light on this topic. Yeah, for sure, because you're you are shining the light on this and and sort of leading the way. Can you start with what? How do you define betrayal? Betrayal is um, the break or like a assumed contract, and I'm gonna say assumed assumed contract where one party is like um, is not going with what we signed up for. And I li- I'm going to highlight that word assume because we're going to go back to that. Oh. So betrayal to me is an assumed contract uh, that was broken by two individuals. Um, betrayal can be with individuals and betrayals can be with yourself. Well, let's let's go to that word assume. I like that you're using it and I want the listeners to hear what you mean by it. I want to know what you mean by it. Okay. Assumed is as um, I do a lot of studies about infidelity and I'm a couples therapist. A lot of our relationships are based on assumptions. Um, I have my favorite hashtag, communicate before coming, because we are not communicating. We are not communicating effectively. A lot of us are in our head and we are goal based on life as you ought to know. So just for the word betrayal, you ask me what that means to me. But if you ask individual, it means different things to different people. It may seem we know hurt and pain, but the form of betrayals would change. And that's why I always tell my couples never assume, but discuss what betrayal means to you, monogamy, infidelity, everything. That's so important because what one person thinks is infidelity or or breaking the relationship agreement, the other person may think very differently and they don't talk about that. They never talk about it. They assume. And then what happened is they don't communicate and it confirms into um, resentment and then judgment. And what? Those are one of the two things that can break up a relationship quicker than an affair. Mm, Can you say more about that? 
So I had was, again, because I'm a couples therapist, I was just researching a lot with my couples. And even if, you know, infidelity didn't happen, it's some form of betrayal in the relationship, you know, and they felt betrayed. And some of it is the assumption that you thought you knew me and you didn't. You was judging me, right? And the resentment you never told me about. And I'm finding as an infidelity expert is that those same things can break up a relationship just like an affair can, can going outside the relationship. Right. So it can be infidelity can mean anything. It doesn't have to just mean uh, relationship cheating. It can be financial betrayal, uh, mm-hmm. any kind of so, agreement. Yeah. So betrayal, infidelity is a form of betrayal. Yep. So that's right. I like that. Infidelity is a form of betrayal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever hear Marty Klein? He's a sex therapist too, and he says yes. that, that that famous line of his: "Couples often fight over contracts they've never made." Assumptions, right? Assumptions. That's exactly what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. It's deep. It is deep, and um, I like what you're saying too. That, that that things change, right? So, what you like, even if couples come to me, I always say this, and they say they're monogamous. I ask them, "Have you negotiated your monogamy?" Because what monogamy looks like for one doesn't look like the other. What would you say to that? I would say that after you say your vows, I have all different kinds of sex. I'm I'm saying sex. Here I'm going with sex. All (laughs) different kinds of couples. So what I always ask too is you can't, and from Esther Perel, you can't or even sue everybody. You can't assume monogamy. You assume monogamy. You think that if we get in this relationship that we're going to be together, you, you think we're on the same page and we don't. We don't discuss monogamy. And we don't discuss non-monogamy. We don't discuss any of those things. We assume we're on the right page. We are so reactive. We're not proactive. So Mm. in all my education, I get my couples to be proactive. We need to have these discussions. And the discussions that we're talking about today are not just done after I do or when stuff blows up. These conversations have to be made into the relationship. We have to have check-ins with each other to make sure we're on the page, same page. I read something where it said, you know, you sign up for a membership and um, it's not a lifetime membership. You have to keep renewing your membership. And the yes. same thing is true with relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as we evolve, know, we evolve. Right. Right. Who you are at 30, I always feel this way. I've been married to my husband 27 years. Who Joe Court was at 30 is a completely different guy at 57. I'm not mm-hmm. the same guy. Mm-hmm. And how do you know? And I, I say that couples don't grow apart. They stop communicating. Mm. I love right? that. Yeah. You don't know which way I'm going if I don't let you know. Yes, one might get more advanced. But if you educate me and share with me, I can grow with you or choose not to. But the point is, we're talking. Let me ask you this, because this just came up. I just had a session with a, a client and he was saying um, he has same sex attraction. OK, and his uh, uh, fiance doesn't know. And he does. He's working with me on it, but it's not it's not anything more. We've identified it as just it's an erotic sexual interest. It's not part mm-hmm. of his orientation. And he's choosing not to tell mm-hmm. her how. And, and he's saying, is that right? Is that wrong? Which, of course, I can't tell him. I'm, I'm not him. But how do you help people decide what's private versus what's secret? Because I asked them, you know, we know private and we know secret. Secret to me is keeping it away. If it's going to help or harm your relationship, I feel like your partner should know. But we also have to think about um, the environment of the relationship. 
all relationships, environmental factors are not suitable for such um, conversations. Mm -hmm. And you know that. So he might feel like at this time, due to other betrayals in the relationship, this is a big one that he doesn't might not feel safe to disclose. And that's when we come out and talk about before we disclose, we need to discuss what's going on environmental because it's other things that make you feel like you cannot talk to your partner. Right, right. And then some people feel like I want to get clear about it within myself before I tell my partner, right? And I totally agree with that because some, like we know, fantasies sometimes are just fantasies. But if you are constantly thinking about it, what a better intimate moment is to share that with your partner. Because you letting them in on something, especially if you preoccupied with it, especially if it goes to watching it on porn, especially like this is what is so intimate to share. But again, the environment has to be right to do that. Now, this I love to ask everybody who works with infidelity this question, because I notice it in my office. Why is every person, male, female, every race, (laughs) every socioeconomic has a completely different response? Some people are like, are you back? Are you done? And can we move on with our relationship? Other people are so devastated. They absolutely can't get past it. They want, they need to move on. They need to like all the relationship and everything in between. Have you found any kind of, I don't know, formula about why everybody has a different reaction? Um, I would just say the formula is uh, what you, uh, what you learn from your caregivers, what you learn from your environment, and then what you witnessed yourself. Because as we know, how we deal with infidelity is pre-instilled in us even before we get into a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. We watch it um, play out in our own families or with parents or caregivers, aunts, uncles, and cousins. Remember, the first betrayals is probably from your parents, right? That they didn't do this, they didn't do that. Or you witness mom or dad going outside each other, how that is. So you already had that in you. Then you add your own betrayals. And then you surround yourself with other environmental factors. So that's why it's so different because some people um, are taught how to stay and some people are taught one and done. Mm, That's right. That's a very good point. So it's really what you've been taught from childhood, how betrayals have been managed in your childhood. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. I'll just say it stems from there. And then what you grow up with, that makes it a bigger motive or value and then when it happened to you that's why sometimes the people want it done they dealt with a lot of betrayals in their life and they're tired of it it didn't just start with that relationship sometimes sometimes they gave that person enough chance you know and they i seen people break up for the simplest thing because they can't deal with betrayals and they want to protect themselves so again it has everything to do with that person and the developmental stages now what do you think about um some people, they just can't, they, they can't, why can't they get past it? Like what would be a re- some of the reasons you've seen that they're like, this is a, this is like you said, a one time, mm-hmm. one and done. One thing I learned that people can't get past it is because what did the betrayal do to me? Mm-hmm. What did it do to me? How it affected me? It's more so a self than their partner. Right. And again, it's if I've been constantly betrayal and it has a lot to do with self-esteem. Mm. right and then trust so it's like what all i'm doing with and now this a lot of it is self-intimacy 
I now, see a lot today where they can't get by, past. I love. I, I totally agree with you. Now, and what if it's you were just talking about their own trauma or their own situation, their own family history? What if they w- are refusing? Like I've seen this. I I'll see the person who's been injured, right? The one who's had been betrayed will will um only look at the issue with their partner and not look at their own reactivity. They won't address it. How do you mm-hmm. how do you help them do that? Because I always go into a couple situation because part of one part of any program is personal healing. And I like to think that just because you was in the car doesn't mean you got it, shouldn't go get help because people think fix them, not me. And I was like, you know what? You're still affected. What did this affair mean to you? So what I always do is give individual sessions or just, um, again, one-on-one or just give them paperwork for them to look about how am I affected with the betrayal and just see how other betrayals happen to their life. What I do is have them separate from each other and just do personal healing and what they need. Because I have to know what I need so I can share with my partner. Because so many times we want the person that hurt us to heal us and they can't. And one key component is you. What do you need to heal? Because here go, this person is assuming they know what you need and it's not. So these things, you're not getting healed. You're not getting what you need. So again, we're going to go right back to communication. But first, me before we, I have to know what I need to heal, what I need to trust, how I'm going to need to feel safe. So I have to know myself so I'll be able to share it with you Mm. to make this uh, reconnection uh, better. You just said a gold nugget that I'm probably going to repeat forever and give you credit. You want that they want the person that hurt them to heal them. Can you mm-hmm. say more about that? It's the hurt to heal because we we know as couples therapists that we project a lot of unmet need and unrealistic goals onto our partner. And it's so um, it's just astounding, dude, because I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So this is in our training that, you know, we can't keep expecting our partner to hold so much because our partner is just man, meaning human. Right. And a lot of the healing and happiness and stuff is a personal journey. So we put all this on this person. We don't take any responsibility. Mm-hmm. So we want them to um, make us laugh, um, make us arouse, make us do everything with no expectations on us, mm. all expectations on them. So it fails. And then depending on self-fulfilling prophecy, I might want it to fail because nobody can deal with me. Nobody mm. can do this. And I know you see that too, that I, I fulfill my premium. Like, I didn't need to be in this relationship. You didn't really love me. We do these silent tests. So that's why I'm saying the expectation is for the person who hurt you to heal you. Wow. I have a couple right now that I'm seeing and it, it's like that for one of the partners and it's self-fulfilling. And no matter what the, in, the uh, involved partner did, no matter how they try to recover, no matter what they do, it's never good enough because the other, the injured party is feeling like uh, that she, they have that, they have this belief. And mm-hmm. no matter what I do, I can't get them to see this. Mm-mm. And it's where righteousness is power. Yeah. You know, to say, I don't trust you. I'm mad at you. That's power and it's both. And you hide in that power, even though it's toxic for you to hold on to. Right at that point when you feel like you lost everything, it's powerful. Yeah. And it's like a protest against vulnerability, wouldn't you say? Oh, very a, a firm mission. Yeah. Protest mission. Yes. Because I'm you're right and you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. Right. It's a top down. And I don't work with couples like that. I'll say to them, that's what I'm seeing here. And I can tell you right now that this is not going to be good for the relationship. And I don't want to support top down. You had a, a bad situation. One of you um, broke the agreement. You're two adults. We need to work with this equally. Not one is better than the other. Do you do yeah. the same? 
Yeah, I always do that. I say, I don't talk about who's right. I talk about what's right for the relationship, right? Oh my God, that's another, wait, wait, that's so good. I don't talk about who's right. I talk about what's right for the relationship. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Because they want us, they pay us to be, uh, what do you call empires or whatever it is, the thing that people who just judge stuff. And I didn't come here to why y'all could have fought at home. Why did you want me to menage with you right. to watch you fight? Is this, then we got to ask, is this some kind of excitement? You want people to watch you do this? <laughs> so then I'm like, cause sometimes you got to get control of the situation. Sometimes it's good. We know in some theories it's good to see how they work, but then it's not, but you have to put a stop to it. It takes five minutes to see how it work, and then you had to grab control of the um, session because we know they would do it and come back and continue to do it yeah. if you don't say, hey, why are we here? What is your goal? What is your mission? I love that. I always say you can do this at home for free. You can do it on yeah. the car ride back and forth. In front of me, you're paying a lot of money. Plus, I don't want to watch it. I'm so uninterested in watching a so little bit to understand, like you said, but not to continue to watch. I can mm-hmm. go to my family gatherings and watch that, and I can do that mm-hmm. for free. For free. <laughs> what do you think about the idea? Um, I learned this from Terrence Real, um, a therapist. He said uh, that sometimes partners oppress from the victim position. So that you did this to me, so now I get to do to you worse because you hurt me, so now I'm going to hurt you. Do you see that? Oh, yes, because we live in that. And again, that's what we got to go back to the developmental stages and see how was revenge embedded into their life, right? We have yes. to we have to talk about that. I, I see that you're doing this. Where did you learn this from? Mm-hmm. And when had, did anybody win? Right? And because we had to get to the point because we know it's a pro to con, pro and a con of every behavior. We want to see what the pro is that you feel good, but what's the what's the negative effects? Yeah. So a lot of times um, I tell people I'm very petty with words because I believe words have a lot of meaning, but it don't mean we got the same meaning. So when we say that, I'm like, why? And then I go into my whole thing, like nobody wins when the family feuds, you know, what's the point of being a team? You know, we, no one, and people are so tick for tack, they're keeping score. I'm like, well, how's it going? What are you going to win? And then they look, because why? Because they saw somebody in their family do it. They saw this do it. And so they carry on. I said, when are you going to think for yourself? What's good for your mm. relationship? I like that. And they have to stop and think because they just mimicking stuff. Right. And they don't know it. Mm-mm. Right. So your job and my job as therapists is to help them reveal that. Yep. And that's the whole thing about with infidelity. I have to tell them when people come to me, well, it's so crazy that people come to me, call me, well, how long is it going to take? I'm like, what? How long is it going to take? I'm like, well, isn't it funny? Why would you put a timeline on your healing? Yeah. And I lost, and I'm not saying I'm very direct to my clients and I want to be very real to them. And I'm like, you know what? I can't tell you that. And a lot of people probably went on to other therapists and I said, you know what? Ethically, I can't tell you. And whoever can tell you a timeline is not good. Of course, scientific facts, we can give them. But everything, you know, you can't, each affair is different. And each approach is different. It's not a cookie cutter. It's so many elements. So when I go in, I have to evaluate the couple. And remember, our relationships can't or should be solved. Sometimes it is time to call it an end, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's sometimes we got to be real about that. Yeah, no, I I like that. Then you just said another golden nugget. Um, Why would you put a timeline on your healing? 
Um, you know, I've been doing this almost 36 years. I still can't tell how long it's going to take. I don't know. I don't know your situation. Even when I get to know you, I don't know your your perseverance. I don't know your resilience. I don't know what you're capable of or even as a couple. Mm-hmm. So you just validated me. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They just call you right away. How long is it going to take them? Like, and your name is? And why are we? <laughs> it's so true. Why do you think, I mean, I have my own thoughts and I've read things, but I'd like to hear from you. Why? do relationships on the other side of infidelity healing are better uh, and get better than they were before? Oh, because when we commit to make it work, we at that hypervigilant stage from betrayal trauma that we notice everything we see and everything we can hear better. We can do everything better. So, and that's why I tell people, I don't tell you to go out and have an affair, but you know, we can talk about affair proofing, but afterwards you alert because it's just like a watchdog. You are not going to let something slip up again. Mm. What did you say, baby? You want more set? What is it? Okay. What do we do? Because we're communicating better than ever now because we commit right? A key word is commit to make this relationship work. We are going to be hypervigilant with everything. The smallest thing, we're going to know emotions, nonverbals, everything. Because before, and this is why it's good to talk to somebody in program, you're going to be alert to how what opened the window for the affair. So going on the other side, y'all going to lock it. Mm. And the locket, you're going to know what it is. So you know where the lock is, the bolts, the nails, the hammer, because this is not going to happen to us again. Well, and that's what should have happened before the infidelity. And they weren't doing that. So this uh, is this um, prompts them to do that, to be more vigilant. Mm-hmm. But then I also want to just um, disclaim what I just said. Just because something is going on in the relationships don't, don't, doesn't always mean a fair. And what I did was studying about affairs. Um, affairs have everything to do because no matter what you do, can nobody push or pull you into one? A lot of times I'm studying more about affairs. It has to do with self-intimacy. Mm. You know, that person finding themselves in somewhere else. I have a lot of people who sit on my couch or in video with me who love their partner. It has nothing to do with their partner. And those are the ones that go really deep and that you got to do more one-on-ones with. So, of course, yes. Sometimes it's the relationship, but sometimes it's that person. And I tell the hurt partner that because they want to know answers and I have to tell them they might not know. Right. I like that. And Esther Perel, you know, says sometimes you're not looking for another person. You're looking for another self. Mm -hmm. That's so healing and so helpful to the injured party who was like, why did you do this to me? It's they didn't do it to you. It happened to you, but it has nothing to do with you. Yep. But you know what? But. As we know from Esther Perel and everybody else who says it, that it's still, if I, I own it, I can control it, right? Mm. If it doesn't have anything to do with me, you would think that make people feel better and it doesn't. Oh my God. Because they want to control it. Yeah. Oh my God. That- so it has to be me. No, no. It was me, right? Because then I want to control it because of you, I can't control you. I can control what's going on in you. So here I go again, losing, taking the L in an uncontrollable situation. And those are the people who can't get over it. That is so profound and so true. It's making me emotional. I don't know why, but it's it's true. I mean, because I've never had the words for it. If I can't own it, then I can't control it. And so if it's, you think you're right, you think if, because I always think it's not about you, that should make you feel better. It does not. It does not make you feel better. And that's why I tell my couples that, that, um, the infidel 
or the, the betrayer can't, is not going to tell you anything that's going to soothe you. So if you're looking for, this is the reason why I hurt you. This is the reason why I broke up our family. And you're going to feel better, you're not. So don't mm-hmm. set up yourself for failure by keep asking all these questions, thinking that one magical question going to be like, aha, <laughs> that's why you did it. You're yeah. not going to do it. So I have to reel them back in and say, what do you need to know to grow? Yeah. Yeah. What do you need? Or what to do you need to know to heal? Right. Because even when you say that, have you ever had this? I have it all the time where they're like, uh, I still have to know. I got to know all the details, all the records, all the tweets, all the social oh, yeah. the DMs, everything. Yeah. We run a um, betrayal group and I'm in there and I cringe at some of the things. Trackers going on Facebook. Damn, I'm like saying, when you're done with all of this, what are you going to get out of it? But it's control. Yeah. I can control this. So I'm doing this. I'm getting them back. I'm doing this to them. I'm doing that because I feel vengeance is mine. That is. But at the end of the day, I say, what's the pro and con of that behavior? You said something earlier. We have about five minutes left. I'd love to to, kind of wrap up with this. And you said something about being a fair proof. How do you make your relationship a fair proof? A fair proof is talking about the discussions that you don't. A fair proof is not um, assuming and discuss monogamy, betrayal boundaries, attraction to others, social media, sex, talking about these conversations all the time because infidelity breeds in the darkness. Mm -hmm. Get it out in the light. Talk about attraction to others. Talk about fetishes and desires. Make your environment safe that I can tell you, babe, I really don't like what you did to me last night. Or, babe, I wish you do this more to me. Mm. You know, at least then. So if the person, remember, cheating is a choice. But remember, you're not responsible for the affair, but you are responsible for your role in the relationship. Mm. And if somebody cheat on you and you know you did the best, it's better after healing because, hey, it wasn't me. <laughs> That's so true. And and when you say monogamy, you mean talking about whether they want monogamy or non-monogamy, right? All the time. Five right. years in the relationship. How do you feel about this? Are we yeah. still on the same page? Never assume, discuss. Of all my podcasts, I have to tell you, this has gone the fastest and been one of the most enjoyable, informative, and I'm not lying to you. This is like, I could go another half hour with you. We can't, (laughs) but I really, really could. How can people find you on the internet? So um, right now I'm on RenelleEnelson.com. Um, if you on social media, you can go to Instagram. If you want to help with healing, I work with committed couples and you will see all these tips at Affair Aftercare on Instagram. If you just want to get connected to your sexual self, I'm at Noir Sex Therapist um, on Instagram. And also, I just launched something else that I'm so excited about is the Orgasmic Wife because um, it's to keep you coming after I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. The orgasmic wife is to keep you coming after I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you. I just want to thank you, Renell, for being my guest today. I really mean it. And if and those of you that were listening in and enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And also follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Dr. Joe Court. I'll see you next time. Take care and be safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.